Footy Prime, the podcast is brought to you by Tony Bet, official sponsor of the CPL and presenting sponsor of Canada's unofficial voice of footy. Are you ready to enhance your future in tech? Then it's time to make your move to the UK. The nation that has more tech unicorns than France, Germany and Sweden combined. The nation that was third in the world to have a $1 trillion tech sector valuation. The nation where great talent comes together. Visit gov.uk forward slash great talent to see how you can work, live and move to the UK. You're listening to Footy Prime News and Such, your one-stop destination for footy news and such. Footy Prime, your almost daily footy fix. Welcome back to Footy Prime's News and Such. We've made it for a second week. I'm James Sharman. Craig Forrest joins me. Brendan Dunlop joins me. And boys, you've recovered, it looks like, from Dickie O's big send-off on Wednesday slash Thursday. Um, I, I wish I was there. It did sound like fun. Um, it went on way too long. Obviously, the uh, the bourbon was, was going down pretty well by the end of it. Um, and as a sober person for that particular occasion more listening than being involved um you're a bunch of idiots you really are <laughs> i don't know what happened it, it got derailed pretty early and never came back is that the show that made you regret that we've started a business together yeah that was the one i think well you know that's hard to say i've, I've, I've been absent in the past and listened and thought what are we doing right um but hey people seem to like it for whatever reason god knows why um listen boys um a lot to get to today. Uh, one week after Lorenzo Insignia's announced coming to Toronto FC. Um, and of course, first in this morning, we wake up to the news that Alfonso Davies has been shut down by Bayern Munich. Um, myocarditis, remember it. You'll be hearing that word a lot. Or is it two words? It could be two words. I have no idea. You'll be hearing it a lot over the coming weeks and months. Um, essentially, it's, it's inflammation of the heart. It's very common with covid um, and most of us who've had it probably will get it at some point, but we don't get tested daily. So don't freak out. All right. However, it could mean that we miss Fonzie for the upcoming qualifiers. Uh, we'll, we'll discuss that very shortly with our guest. If you're a TFC fan, a Canadian football fan, you must know Waking the Red Daily. Um, it's a great source for all things TFC. And Jeffrey P. Nesca is integral to that. Jeff, welcome to the show. How you doing, mate? Pretty good, pretty good. I, I need to give the first correction, however. It's Waking the Red Weekly. We don't do it oh, weekly. Does it daily? <laughs> it should be daily. Why isn't it daily? Uh, because I, you know, I don't go outside anymore, so it should probably be daily. But, uh, you know, I, I do have a life, so, so I'm trying to maintain some of that at present. Hey, but uh, he I hasn't hosted in a while. Red. Yeah. Pardon? I didn't say walking the red daily, though. So that's I know, I know. Points. Absolute points there. <laughs> um, so as I mentioned there, Jeff, um, Alfonso Davis being shut down by Bayern Munich. Um, you know, as, as it stands right now, we don't know how long he's out for, if he's going to miss the upcoming games of Canada. Um, Julian Nagelsmann said he could be out for a few weeks. Does that mean two weeks, three weeks? We, we don't know. Um, obviously, it's a big loss if he is out. And the major point here is... Alfonso Davis's health, we we know that. But from what we've seen so far from Canada and the depth, although you can't replace Alfonso Davis, um, it's not as if this is now a write-off. There are options for Canada. 
Well, I mean, we saw the same thing in the Gold Cup, right? We 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 rolled into that tournament without uh, some of our some of our club talismans, and we did all right. Um, the issue, of course, is is that this isn't uh, this isn't just the club talisman. This is the the new face of of the Canadian men's national team, and uh, this is a relatively important window for the Canadian men's national team. I mean, I've, I've been worried about this for a while. Uh, the trade-off with having our, our national team players play for super clubs in Europe, of course, is that, you know, it might be difficult to wrest them away for international duty. Um, it's not something that, that the Canadian men's national team has had to, had to deal with previously, but I knew it was in the mail. Um, and I think that the, the pandemic has exacerbated that. But it can't be it can't be ignored that, you know, CONCACAF occupies this very unique kind of mystery mystery land with respect to the European front offices. And it maybe doesn't get as much respect as uh, as, say, UEFA would and that sort of stuff. So it's very easy for the for the Bayern Munich Brain Trust um, to put uh, to put uh, to put the brakes on this. And, uh, you know. Let's let's be honest. The the game on the thirtieth is two weeks away, so there's very little chance that that we're going to see Alfonso Davies, uh, uh, you know, start for Canada for that game. Um, and then the other ones are coming thick and fast. So we've we've probably lost him for this window. Um, you know, does that create a situation where Leal or wherever Jonathan David lands next feels emboldened to there to keep him out of uh, men's national team duty at a certain point? Um, you know, John Herdman's and his staff have got a, a very difficult conversation that they're going to start, to, that they're going to have to have with some of these front offices. I, I, you know, it's too new and it's too fresh right now for, for me to start throwing elbows. But, you know, there's always a sense of this is awfully convenient, um, you know, coming out of the, the Byron Munin Brain Trust. I don't want to put my tinfoil hat on, but, you know, we wanted, we wanted Fonzie for this window. Um, and it looks like we're not going to get him. So the dust is still settling, but it, it sucks. I mean, I think we can all agree that it, it really, really sucks. I'm done now, guys. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm just going to my, my voice hacking my guts up. But that was... Uh, this this happens all the time. I was, I was waiting on Craig. Craig was waiting on me. Mm-hmm. This is well, I, you know, chemistry, you know, we've been doing this show for years now, you know, and I thought my, my, my much vaunted and respected co-host would see me hacking my guts up and, and would jump in there, but they, they yeah. didn't. But I, anyway, I, I think I you can't see them. you. Because Wonger has you in this like tiny thumbnail, I couldn't, I couldn't see you. Oh, really? Oh. It wasn't a pretty. I, I caught him. I caught him bit. going off mic to do some hacking, and I was starting to do a little dance. But yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of hacking going on right filibuster. now. Filibuster. You're good at that. Yeah, you're, you're yeah a pro filibuster. There, buddy. Thanks, buddy. But yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah, I mean, it's a great answer, and and it's 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 just a bad situation. As simple as that. I'm sure Fonzie will be okay. But these are three big games. Craig, let me ask you quickly. You know, when a team loses a star player, like it's it's talisman, so to speak. Um, how does it affect the morale of the team? I know you're not inside this particular camp and there is depth there, mm. um, but how does it affect you? When, when West Ham would lose Pallad de Canio to, mm. I don't know, suspension, <laughs> <laughs> or whatever it is, yeah. you know, how does it affect you guys? <laughs> well, obviously, it's a, it's a massive thing. and uh, <clears throat> it'll, it'll affect the squad in a disappointing way, of course, but, um, you know, like was just mentioned, uh, Back in the Gold Cup and and depth of this national team, it, it it's 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 not as concerning as it could be, mm-hmm. um, because mm-hmm. I think we have enough uh, in the squad in the in the ability to be able to handle a situation like this and the confidence of the team. 
Um, I think just missing Alfonso too, uh, just being around uh, with his energy and his, his dressing room, uh, uh, you know, appearances uh, is, is a big thing it's in its itself. But again, just like the training uh, games that were cancelled, uh, I think we're uh, John Herman uh, will will bounce around with this. It's uh, expecting the unexpected and uh, you've got to deal with it. There's nothing you do. You can't sit and bitch about it because it is what it is. Um, whether there's some funny business going on about it, that's a, another topic we'll find out, but we'll certainly find out. And, uh, you know, we know that Alfonso Davies does want to come, but there is a potential of pressure coming from big clubs. Uh, absolutely. I think this is the window, though, you know, for as much as we want to see him against the United States, I still look at this game and be like, this is not Canada's best versus the U.S.'s best. It mm-hmm. won't be because of the conditions. Uh, we don't know how many people will be in the stands for one thing, but the playing conditions are just highly unlikely to allow us to see Canada's very best against the States and, and be a fair comparison, much like against Mexico. So I'm okay that Alfonso Davies is unavailable for that. To Craig's point, missing him in the room for those big games in Central America, that's where I think the, the real loss is, to be honest. His biggest yeah. his biggest value amongst the guys is is there. So not being involved for that is disappointing for from a Canada perspective. I think also the uh, the fear factor that Afonso brings to yeah. your opponents as well, right? That, yeah. That's something we haven't had before. So if you're Honduras, you're El Salvador, you're yeah. the States, you know, you're terrified of this guy. If you're, yeah. you know, an opposing fullback, you're like, holy crap, how do I contain this guy? So their whole game plan changes now, right? Like exactly. Jeff, and I think that is going to be a real shot to the gut of Canada. Just they won't enter the field with the swagger that perhaps they've had. I mean, conversely, you could say, you know, because Herdman, Herdman is used to doing some weird shenanigans, for example, you know, letting Donnell Henry go out for 20 minutes, get his yellow card and then sub him out in the first half. Right. You know, it could be it could be a blessing in disguise. I'm remiss to say it because obviously losing Alfonso Davies sucks the bag. But, you know, if if all of these teams have game planned around, you know, triple triple marking Fonzie um, and they've been planning for months now. You know, this window didn't just come out of the ether. Um, you know, it could be a good opportunity for a smash and grab kind of, you know, let, like throw Cavallini out there, change the plan entirely to like just pure counterattacking, knuckleheaded long balls. And, and you know, maybe <laughs> just maybe just surprise the hell out of them. Right. Like, who knows? Um, but, it, you know, it, it's a wrinkle that that nobody wanted to have to uh, to deal with. And, and there's already so many damn asterisks on this World Cup qualifying campaign. It really is a shame that the ascent of the Canadian men's national team is running part and parcel with the pandemic that nobody can predict that's just throwing it all asunder every 15 seconds, you know? If we qualify for this, everybody else is going to slap humongous asterisks on it. We'll celebrate <laughs> the asterisks. The asterisks are going to get their own T-shirt, you know what I mean? Like, we, we, we transcended having to start at the lowest rung of qualification for some asinine reason, and we did it. We blanked all of those teams. We made it to the, to the octo. And, uh, you know, we, we managed to get results despite the fact that we were playing wherever that would have us at any given time with no fans and, you know, in a raging blizzard or whatever the hell the, the, the climate situation was. Um, so, yeah, you know, it, it, it's weird. The, the goalposts keep moving with this team, man. Like, you know, <laughs> a year ago it was – what is time anymore? But remember when we were upset when we were worried about Suriname? 
Remember that when we were all really concerned that maybe <laughs> Sir Bellamy would would clean our clocks, and then and then that didn't happen. So we were like, "Oh, cool, we're better than than Sir Anami now." And now, and you know, my my biggest I, I haven't processed this yet, but but there's been a lot of banter going on the socials between U.S. men's national team fans and and Canadian men's national team fans uh, in the in the run up to this game on the thirtieth. Of course, now there's a good chance nobody's going to be there to to, to throw yeah. insults at each other, but. Um, this game means something for both programs. Um, it, it means something to the sort of coming out party of the, the Canadian men's national team. And, and of course, you know, all of us have read the interviews with Herdman where he was quite honest about, um, you know, the success of the men's national team is going to have a knockoff on the success of the Canadian women's national team and the desire to get a, a domestic league for the, for women here in Canada. Um, this this window's important. This qualification cycle's important. It's it sucks when when we keep getting uh, 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 we keep getting setbacks that that are uh, are part and parcel with with the world that we live in right now. Mm-hmm. Well, if we don't qualify uh, for whatever reason, we'll, we'll certainly embrace the asterisk as well. <laughs> <laughs> that is our right. That is absolutely our right. Absolutely. <laughs> it's better when it works in your favor, though. Mm-hmm. I, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think you're right. I can see T-shirts being made. I can absolutely see that. That's great. You know, yes. T-shirts with asterisks, and we can figure out how to actually pronounce it properly as well. I'll be very yeah. handy. Yeah, yeah. It's not a thing um, unless it's a TIFO, a giant TIFO in the south. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just one big <laughs> asterisk. It, it would be real easy to paint. So you know. You know, one of the good things, guys, is that a little bit different with this uh, window, especially with Honduras, uh, is that Honduras aren't the side they they were in the past. Um, they're struggling, and that makes yeah. a difference as well. Uh, they're not going to qualify. Um, and going down there in those circumstances is a little bit different. Uh, they're not going to want to lose, and it'll be hostile, but it's, it is a different it's, situation. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think anybody's ever made the sentence, it will be fun to go to San Pedro Sula to play, to play an yeah. away game. I don't, I don't think that's ever well, come out of anybody's mouth. But, uh, yeah, no, it should be, it should be interesting. I, I'm remiss to... You know, never underestimate a caged animal. You know, Honduras are are on the are on the downswing. Absolutely, Jamaica's on the downswing. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other squads. Costa Rica is is a bit of a tire fire right now. But you know, this part of the this part of the qualification, this is really important. All right, World Cup qualification is very very important to these countries. Um, never underestimate a caged animal. You're you're playing an away away tie in a environment that eats players alive uh so don't underestimate them and they'll be emboldened by this they will absolutely be emboldened by this we've lost our talisman um you know i listen all of us know that that not that the whole team doesn't revolve around alfonso davies and there's plenty of other guys that can step up and 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 you know do something do some damage with his minutes and uh, you know, Tejon Buchanan on the other side can can easily be be an absolute you know problem, uh, but uh, it'll embolden these teams without question. So you know when you when you, it's a weird. It, 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 you know I don't I don't like the um, uh, the word escapes me, but uh, uh, the calculus leaves a lot to be desired. Is San Pedro Sula still the motor capital of the world? I believe it is. Yes, it is. Yeah, we should yeah. double check that because that'll get a lot of play in the build-up. Right? <laughs> yeah, you'll see another handy. T-shirt. 
Yeah, that'll be on all, all the headlines when you guys are on uh, the Daily News Network in Toronto. Mis- mispronounced yeah. as walking yeah. the red. <laughs> they're going to the murder capital. People will be like, they're playing in Detroit? What? I thought yeah. they were playing <laughs> I'm reading a book right now about the, the cartels down in, in South America and Central America, and uh, they mention that about the murder capital. Like, oh, yeah, that's right. It's the murder capital. I'm so excited about it. I don't know why it's like oh are cool. you are you half reading it while you're watching all the snooker or are you you turned off the snooker, <laughs> the snooker finished by that point yeah because of the oh, time oh, difference okay. jeff you know it's <laughs> done by about six or seven o'clock uh, yeah, big game last yeah. night by the way big game last night uh john higgins is it called a game Williams. is that is is that the proper match, nomenclature game. match match thing yeah 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 okay it's jeff. the same uh it's still a sport, you know. Some that could be argued by some, perhaps. But uh, <laughs> Jeff, you're like game. you're like me. Yeah. I'm sure you know. For the last uh, 20 years, uh, you've been made fun of for watching Europa League and now the UEFA Conference League. And yeah. Sean's over here, hold up, um, COVID, watching 38 hours straight. Some I, I put on. Some part of I'm I'm not embarrassed to say I put on the darts because it was on it was on the <laughs> zone or days in or whatever it's called. I and, love uh, the darts. Uh, it's called <laughs> less relevant now is what it's called. Yeah, yeah, le- much less relevant. Uh, yeah, Fubo TV for the win. Uh, yeah, no, I lasted maybe 15 minutes. I mean, they had it felt a little bit wrestling to me with the walk-ins and and the uniforms and the yeah and and then you know everybody's in there just getting blitzed. Like I don't think anybody's <laughs> watching darts, right? Like it's they're all at they're all at standing level. So who the hell could see the stage when you're all standing up and they're just oh. getting blotto? So Craig and I are going yeah. to what, what, there'll be a day that Craig and I are going overseas to watch a watch a darts tournament because it looks like so. Well, much actually, fun. you know, I, it, it's on my bucket list. I'm like. Do I want to go to a World Cup final or do I want to go to a darts final? It's kind of a toss. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> Throw in a snooker final. Like so do the trifecta. Snooker final on, on so darts final on the Saturday, right? Snooker final on the Sunday and then go to, uh, I don't know, Fulham against Palace on, on Monday or something. There you go. That'd be a yeah. lot of fun. That'd be yeah. a great trip. you got to throw one in. of my favorite grounds. Craven Dog Track Race. Oh, yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. By the way, uh, Wong has just uh, texted us. Uh, the, the current murder capital of the world is Tijuana. San Pedro Sula is now 15th. He's really slipped on the decline. Man, Honduras just slipping in everything. My goodness. What? Step it up, boys. Like uh, in everything. Yeah, football, and, football and murder. Football and murder. My goodness. Yeah, they're in the last place, last place in, the, in the actual standings, and they're, they've lost their. In last one. place in murders. My goodness. Get on the bracket anymore. Honduras. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeez. Look, things are going to get a lot of on here. <laughs> we should get a Mato Guevara on the show. That'd be a great chat. That'd be a great conversation. Um, <laughs> things are going to get as much. Go ahead, Charles. No, no, guys. Sorry, sorry, but I'll cut you off. He's, um, he's trying to segue here, guys. I, I can yeah, yeah, I can I know. I, I was about to jump in there. It's great, but uh, <laughs> you, you segue, B. I was going to say that. Um, from last place to hopefully first place in trophies. That's what uh, the Toronto FC brass are hoping for and certainly paying for. Um, I waking the red Mitch is the esteemed multilingual looking journalist. Michael Singh is the newsbreaker. You are very yeah. much Jeff, the, the voice of the fans. And uh, oh, thank you. Thank you. And sometimes uh, like a lot of Canadians, you know, the it's, it's hard to say the glass is, uh, is half empty and not look at it and say, is it five eighths empty? You know, um, <laughs> it's the only math I'm capable of doing other than calculating lens distance. Uh, so with, I'm very limited in my math skill. With yeah. this massive earth shaking news that Lorenzo Insigne was coming to Toronto FC, when did you allow yourself to believe it? Was it not until the photograph came out that he was signing? 
I'm still not sure I believe it, Brendan, if we're being honest. Until I see him out there wearing, you know, number 24 on, on the cis grass uh, at BMO, I, I don't, I'm, I still think it might be an elaborate April Fool's joke or just, you know, they, they get us into the, into the ground and they're like, oh, you meant Lorenzo Insigne. Well, here's Lorenzo Insania or whatever. And it's just some other guy <laughs> that comes out. I, 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 you know, it, it, because uh, we, you know, all of us, in the sphere of TFC, I think we started hearing his name bandied about before the season was even over. So we were struggling through that abomination of a season and we're hearing this, this start to get bandied around. And, and it was kind of like a secret handshake, you know, like, did, did you hear about Lorenzo and saying, yeah, 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 it's not happening right now. No, of course not. That's craziness. So as, as it started to gain momentum, you know, it was, it was almost like all the stages of grief, you know, denial, acceptance, anger, all like just going through all of that stuff. And I, I'm not sure I'm, I'm done the cycle yet because it's so it's just so massive. And then, you know, you scratch you scratch the surface of the deal and, and, and you come up with the statistics like, you know, TFC's playing Lorenzo Insigne more than 21 other MLS sides are paying their entire operational budget. And you're just like... I love this league, man, but but this is completely <laughs> unsustainable. Like this is this is pure chaos. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy. It's super super exciting. But but you know, in addition to me not entirely believing it, there's like this this feeling in the pit of my stomach. You know, what if this goes wrong? You know, what what is what does this mean for TFC if he doesn't hit the ground running? What does this mean for TFC if you know come July we're behind the eight ball in terms of the standings you know like we're 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 the, we're lower than inter miami and, and fc cincinnati and and you know here comes insigne right uh and and there's not much he can do regardless like you know not only does he have to gel with the team but he's got to rescue us from this from this you know self-imposed pit in the standings that that may be insurmountable so i don't i i really don't want to throw a negative i don't want to be a debbie downer on this because it's incredible but you know, you have to, it's been a, it's been a, about a week, a week and a half now. So the negativity is, is sort of starting to come into the, into, into my discourse. Absolutely. Hey, Jeff, do you, uh, do you think that there is a, a little bit of a case of with the success of Sebastian Ivenko and how great he was and people comparing the two of them, um, thinking this is going to be an absolute slam dunk. Uh, I can see that there's a little bit of, uh, you know, nervousness around you, you as well about, you know, is this a guarantee? And you're right. There is no guarantee. There's no guarantees. We remember <clears throat> Defoe was supposed to be the bloody big deal. I grew up with him at West Ham. I, I thought he'd be perfect and he didn't settle here. And yep. that's a big factor. Sebastian settled in Toronto more than settled. He absolutely grasped, yep. took on the city and brilliantly. So if he can do anything like Sebastian Jovenko did in his time at Toronto SC everybody's going to be absolutely delighted but you're right there's uh, it's no guarantee and one player does not make a team successful you're right I mean look at the MLS is is very much a league where you know a success tries to be rectified all across the league you know Miguel Almiron and and his eventual sale from Atlanta to Newcastle United kind of birthed this whole let's go to South America and get South American guys. I mean, the league was even making new rules to to sort of encourage that the the young DP rule in, in order to to sell on. Um, and you know, TFC tried that with with uh, with a certain Jefferson Soteldo last year. Um, 
you know, there were a lot more variables that went into his success or failure at the club. Certainly, um, people are trying to rewrite the narrative and take and take the pandemic right out of it. The pandemic affected his recruitment. I mean, they could not break bread together. This was a this was a deal done over Zoom chats and text messages, and and naturally, it left something to be desired. Um, but look at how quickly TFC went back to what works, which is engage the Italian community. Um, you know, try and try and bring in. A uh, player in their prime as a talisman of that nationality. Uh, certainly, you know we're getting a lot of a lot of grief for uh, for Bill Manning's uh, admission that that he went on to transfer market and uh, and generated a list. Uh, I think it's cute. I mean, we've been complaining about lack of access to the club uh, since the pandemic started, and mm-hmm. and uh, and now we're getting more. Now we're getting too much information, right? So <laughs> so the, so it's great. But um, look. Uh, uh, you know, the the Insigne deal, the actual specifics of the deal are really interesting because we all know on his way out, Seba was a bit of a brat. Um, in 2018, you know, in, in addition to the to the to the Champions League hangover and uh, and, you know, Bez deciding that that Betashore wasn't good enough and we needed a guy who who suited up for for Belgium in the World Cup final for some asinine reason and and, and, and some guy from from Basque just because this or that. Um, and of course, all the all the glorified, unbelievably dumb deals that he was giving out to anybody that walked by just as a bonus for for the championship. The, you know the length of the Insignia deal suggests that the club is tr- is is really trying to do course corrections here, and they don't want to give him the opportunity of of you know maybe playing for two years and then starting to 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 flex some kind of muscle that he may or may not have in order to re up and get more money into the deal. So so they're very much overpaying him for for longer a longer deal in an in in an attempt to maybe not have to suffer through that again. So they're you know. The club's learning its lessons, uh, or at least it's trying to learn its lessons, which you have to celebrate. Uh, but, uh, you know, we, you've got a player that's going to be 31 for four and a half years uh, at an incredible premium. The, 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 this is this is uncharted territory for the club. Can I get that drug where you can hold the same age for four and a half years? <laughs> you know what I meant. I, I feel oh like goodness. I've aged four and a half years in this pandemic, which has not been two years yet. Yeah. What, you, yeah. what years would you pause on, Dunny? Mm. I'm trying to think. Like, Great what, point. You, you would ever That's quit? a good question. <laughs> oh, I'd pause on 25. I'd be 25 forever if I could. Absolutely. Yeah, but Dunny was slow then, too. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm yet to hit my prime, so uh, we'll, we'll find out when I get there. We'll, nice. Uh, then we'll decide. <laughs> footy prime for the win. Yeah, he's, let, he's yet to hit his hammers. footy prime. <laughs> um, so there's other names mentioned, of course. Belotti's been mentioned, Crescito's been mentioned, but these are, are players that also wouldn't be available likely until the end of this season, right? European mm-hmm. season, July 1st, like like um, Insignia. If that is the case, right, we won't see this team, you know, even close to what it's supposed to be until, you know, the end of the summer, July 1st, you know, give them a few weeks to get used to the, the league. Um, now, in MLS, you can hang in there to the summer, right? It's kind of proven you can hang in it's there. It's called the Seattle can... Sounders. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they, right. They exactly. made a career out of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How much patience will the fans have, do you think? If they know they've got this beautiful presence coming to them in, in July, but like you said, they struggle mightily up until there. Do you think the fans have patience? No, absolutely not. 
uh, and and I don't I don't think that's a knock on on the fandom, right? Um, you know, to to expect. Uh, and and I'm remiss to say sophistication because that that feels like gatekeeping, right? But like a casual fan doesn't have doesn't have the want or the need to put as much time into understanding the arcane draconian MLS rules. You know, they want their toy now, and and that's all right. Um, so yeah, I, you know, it, it it is a bit of a risk, but but certainly there's a precedent. You know, Seattle Sounders are easily the model franchise in in the league with respect to how successful they've been over, over the course of their existence in MLS with respect to how many times they pulled themselves out of the basement uh, by, by really, really, really hitting on the summer transfer window, which of course means more to us because of when our season starts and ends. So, you know, it's not, it's not out of the realm of possibility, even if we dig ourselves a big hole that bringing in a, a, an elite superstar by the by the by the likes of of insignia and and whoever else is coming along with him on that plane ride um but it's a risk and and certainly you know this is a marketing ploy as much as it's a footballing ploy and i guess they're hedging their bets that you know if you buy your season seats (laughs) you're gonna have to come to the first six months regardless because you're already on the book so um you know, it, it is what it is, right? Like you're not prying them away from Napoli because that would be awful for the player, for his legacy, for his opportunities with the Azzurri uh, moving forward. It's just not happening. Uh, so, th- you know, it's the best that we could do and, and we've got to deal with it. The best thing, I guess, about this is that if the team isn't doing particularly well is that uh, the structure of MLS, you know, it's a, it's, it's, it's not like you're, you have to finish top of the tree. You yeah. need to be going into the playoffs with momentum. And and uh, so they, they have that if they're not doing very well. So yeah, it helps them a little bit. I love that about MLS, if we're being honest. I love that it's the ultimate cake and eat it too league, right? Like mm-hmm. we've got this supporter shield for the Euro snobs that, you know, want the you know the 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 you know, the pro rel esque experience but then we've also got the playoffs for the for the pew 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 you know rah 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 you know come out in your in your regalia kind of nonsense so it's great it's great it's uh it's it's uh i you know i don't i'm not going to sit here and claim that it's sustainable because it's making all of its money off expansion fees at present but they are about to negotiate a new tv deal that may take some of the sting out of the very unsustainable business model and lead to something that's a lot more sustainable. Um, and that's, that's super exciting. And, and like I said, on our own show, you know, this insignia deal breaks the world. You know, I, I'm not sure the DP rule makes a whole lot of sense anymore off the back of this. Um, and, and certainly you don't want to go to a wide open situation. You can't go from, from zero to hero that quickly or, or opposite. But I do think that you're going to see, the the roster building mechanisms of of the league change quite profoundly over the next few years and especially in the lead up to world cup 2026 you can see why these clubs are are, are of interest to any of these owners uh, and you can see why it's expanding because if you really want to run your club you can run it at the at the salary cap you don't have yeah. to get involved in spending massive money on dps and we've seen that with some of the clubs so it's, it's an interesting model, but it's uh, certainly one that's so different from the old North American Soccer League, at least for now, like you say, you know, it's yeah. the, the sustainable model, right? So they've done really well, and they've gone through a lot of pains along the way, but so far, uh, and where they are at the moment, looks looks pretty good, don't you think, overall, Chip? 
Absolutely. I mean, if you look at the at the league over the last five years, the the standard of play has risen so unbelievably. Uh, you know, the t- clubs have identities now. Uh, you know, we're starting to see a carousel of managers, very much like the Prem or some of the bigger European leagues that are, you know, moving from club to club to club. Coaches come with a certain tactical identity and a tactical noose that that didn't exist, you know, a decade ago. Um, the fan base, by and large, is is getting more sophisticated with with respect to, you know, just the basic tenets of the game. They're not all coming out, you know, with with flow charts of of, of potential formations, but that is very quickly happening. And uh, you know, the the excitement around uh, World Cup twenty twenty six, the league is really is really trying to maximize that with respect to everything it's doing. You know, right from from this new MLX next. Uh, 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 scheme that they're trying to instigate right up to to the to the media deals and how uh you know teams and 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 their and their venues are are being retrofitted towards wor- working as venues and uh to fifa standards so mm-hmm. a lot of money is getting spent and uh it's it's having a profound effect on the league it's I interesting that the, the actual the challenge of the league is the as well is that they it's not the biggest league in the united states the most popular mm-hmm. league League not even close, right? And then you got the Premier yeah. League. You ate, uh, NBC just did about a two point seven billion dollar deal. I mean, that's a it's a massive deal for the Premier League, and the MLS uh, uh, group could only wish and only you know for something like that. Jeff, did you use scheme as an English person or as a yes. North American? Yes, I did. I used, I used scheme as an English person. Okay. I absolutely <laughs> used scheme as an English person. I used to listen to, uh, back of the, when we were at the score, I would listen to talk sport all the time. And they would do the news break in the middle, like, yeah. get the sports update, and then five-minute news. And I was like, wow, they're really negative about this government. <laughs> the, the, the British government has a new scheme to get meals to children in schools. I'm like, wow, they don't yeah. believe in anything, the government's. Yeah, they're all super villains. My goodness. Everything's Planet a scheme. Program. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, I look at the top leagues around the world for many years, and they, they do embrace the the big bad, you know, monster. Be it a Yankees, be it a Manchester United. No, the other league teams don't like them. There's mm-hmm. vitriol on the fan base. Is that TFC now that within the league? Are they hated because they have just completely blown up the DP pay structure with, with this? There's move. a lot of butt hurt right now. There's a there's a there's a lot of butt hurt from from the fan bases, but. You know, MLS is a very, very interesting beast. You've got the Atlanta fan base who basically walked into dominating the league. And by and large, that entire fan base was like, this is soccer. This rules. This is so stupid easy. We're going to be amazing forever. Like, what was Bayern's problem? Why, you know, this is this is ridiculous. And then they had a real rude awakening. And and then, of course, there was the Seattle fan base because because it's such a there's so much participation. It appeals to people, but but because uh, the way that stuff is marketed in North America, it's so cliquey. So, you know, soccer for a long time was the exclusive property of the pretentious Anglophile or Euro Euro snob in this country, right? Like it was the, something that we kept close to our chest. Like, oh yeah, we don't watch NFL. That's that's you know crap. We watch the soccer, right? And and now it's become a, a bit more mainstream. Um, and with that, with that uh, uh, move to the mainstream, there's a lot more casual fans and there's a lot more, you know, winning transcends everything. So, so you know, to circle back to your question, right now, people are looking, uh, just, you just have to look at the amount of flack that we're getting for that, for the Bill Manning 
uh, uh, transfer market thing, right? People are people are really holding our feet to the to the flames over that. Um, so yeah, I, I would say that right now we're, we've done a bit of a heel turn. Absolutely, you can't sign, you can't make the highest outlay in the history of the league and not expect there to be some blowback. Um, are we? Are we really the supervillains? No, because of the season that we had last year. Uh, it's it's difficult to to get on a soapbox and, and start peacocking when when you had the season that you had last year. So, no, I don't think so yet. Well, listen, fellas, um, that was a really interesting chat. Thank you so much, Jeff. Um, we'll get you back on for sure because, oh, wait, B's got his finger up. He wants to get something else in there. Go ahead, Let B. Me, just a quick closer, Jeff. Um, nice. I'm excited to hear your answer. What's crazier in your mind that Lorenzo Insigne is going to be a Toronto FC player and that's how we start 2022 or that 2021 ended for Chris Armas on the Manchester United touchline as <laughs> Because both are just um, mind-blowing. No, the, the Armist thing. The Armist thing. I, I, I could see the logic behind it, right? Like he hitched his wagon to to Red Bull Global pretty early, and I think one of the advantages of being involved in that organization is that they look out for you. Um, and so, you know, Manchester United is such a is such a screaming garbage fire right now <laughs> um, that. He, you know, it, I think it's Chris Armas keeps getting hired because of his affiliation with with Red Bull Global, and because, you know, it's it's a conceit to to pretend that any industry is is excluded. Like in the film industry, we always used to make all these weird comments, like, "Oh, isn't it great that we've ex- we've escaped a dreary nine to five existence? We work twenty eight hours a day. We've escaped nothing." <laughs> like, I would love an office job over, you know, freezing my nuts off in in a, in a location at four o'clock in the morning when I'm on taxi cab hours. We've escaped nothing. So, um, it is who you know, and and that's worked really well for Chris Armas, right? Like, I've I've always, always, always defended Ali Curtis in the Armas hire because I don't think. Laurent Blanc or Patrick Vieira were, were answering his phone calls. I think those were pie-in-the-sky dreams. I mean, how do you sell a job? You're coming to replace the winningest coach in franchise history, and you have to live out of a suitcase in Orlando for six months. Maybe. It could be a year. It could be six months. We have no idea. Um, you know, Armas was was probably the best of what's left. And I think with, with Ragnick, it was the same, the same damn thing. So... You know, I wasn't too – obviously, you're, you're surprised to see it, but I could see the logic behind it. The Insigne thing was just mental, so so I would have to go on on the on the ladder. I mean, you're, you're prying away the captain of Napoli mm-hmm. off the back of a Euro win where he was an instrumental part of the team in his prime. Uh, that just – you know, <laughs> that's just it's mental. Happened. Yeah. It doesn't happen. Yeah, Jeff, like I'm going to ask you another question as well. Uh, sure. Our good friend, Danny DiCchio, um, unfortunately, Soon to be Sacramento. Is it Sacramento? Sacramento Did I get Republic. that right? Okay. Yeah, 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 there you go. That's right. Now, amongst the fans, or do, do you ever hear any whispers or anything about, hey, why don't they give Danny DiCchio the opportunity? There seem to have been some openings that uh, you would have thought that maybe – he would have been a perfect fit. Uh, scores a first goal. He's part of the fabric of the club. Coming up to the you know coaching ranks is now the time to give him an opportunity. And it didn't seem to come, or it didn't come. Um, yeah. But was there ever any talk around around the fans about thinking, hey, why don't they give? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, one of the one of the great things about TFC is is that from the get go, they embraced 
they're they're the good soldiers to the club from the get-go. I mean, they they didn't that you know, you look at what's going on with Justin Morrow or Jason Hernandez as as more recent examples, but the club has been very good to its its soldiers and it, and and uh you know, Dero as a as a club inva- and Matt ambassador comes to mind, although I'm not going to try and talk about Dero when the author of his autobiography is is right there in a little window. Um yeah, I mean, I'm. Uh, I I don't know what went into it. Again, I, I listened to to Deech's, uh going away party podcast half asleep this morning, but uh, it sounds to me like he got an offer he he couldn't refuse from a close friend of his that has been courting him and his skill set for a while. Um, you know, look, is now the right time? Absolutely not. You don't promote from within when you need to make a big splash, right? Uh, I think the fan base would have been aghast if we had done an internal hire over and above, you know, a landing the white whale that is Bob Bradley, who, you know, we've ever since Michael Bradley started playing for the club, it was only a matter of time before Bob Bradley uh, took up the gaffer position and, and now it's happened. So, yeah, you know, does that, does that point out to one of the problems with the club, both in terms of academy development, the pipeline from the academy to the second and the first team? Is that also mirrored in terms of there's a ceiling, for people like Danny Dicchio or Terry Dunfield, you know, this far, no further, you're ne- or Steve Cadwell, you're never going to get the head coaching job. So I hope you're okay with, you know, this assistant or maybe TFC two. Who knows? Who knows? I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't apply that logic to the Dicchio situation because at least from from what I heard very briefly this morning, it sure as hell sounded like he was presented an opportunity and he took it and and you know credit to him, but but. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I you know I I can't see uh, any of the of the TFC legends uh, take usurping Bob Bradley for the role at this particular moment. It's just it's just not happening. Mm-hmm. I think for- I wonder if Michael will will experience the same ceiling. No. <laughs> I mean, low key, this has got to be a play for for to eventually grease the wheels for for Michael to 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 inherit the club as gaffer from his dad, and and I think we all know that so. Uh, you know, it, we're, we're definitely in the family now with respect to the Bradleys. So it's go- it's going to be a little while before any of that upper management is open to anybody that doesn't share that last name and family lineage. And I, I think that's okay. Well, losing Deech is a, is a big blow to their general soccer IQ at TFC. Absolutely. It's a big loss. Absolutely. Um, but Deech is going, you know, to, to a great opportunity personally and professionally. And uh, yeah. we're going to miss him up here for sure. But, uh, you know, we have nothing but... Uh, you know, excitement for, for the Dickio family, that's for sure. And he we'll have the Sacramento updates weekly, won't we, Sharps? Abs- yeah, yeah this, well, that's, with your brand new that's Donovan's club, isn't it? Isn't that Landon's club? Is in San Diego. Oh, USL, yeah. man, they've got way too many clubs <laughs> in Southern California. I'm, I'm trying to figure out the new structure down there right now with uh, the new MLS next gym. Anyway, um, best yeah, of luck. Thank you so much, mate. <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> Thanks so much. Nice, nice really to chat it. with you guys. I, I've been looking forward to this since uh, since you asked me. So this was a real pleasure, you guys. I Thanks, really enjoyed buddy. this. Wake in the Rip Weekly is your source for all things Canadian soccer. So please check it out and follow Jeff on Twitter, Jeffrey P. Nesco. Um, all right, fellas. We are out of time. It didn't quite go as long as the, the big Dickio send-off. But is there anything else, Craig, B, you want to get to before we, we sign off here? Shaking Put your head. Nope. All right. Yeah. Lovely. Make sure you follow us. Make sure you like us. Make sure you subscribe to us. We'll be back Sunday or Monday with the uh, weekend wrap. Prem's back in action. No more FA Cup. All right, boys, girls. 
I have a question. Oh, one how, thing. How, yep. many sh- how many shows do you do a week now? It's the, the, with the new stuff. It's Isn't almost it? daily. Every other day? It's like four, right? <laughs> nice. We do four or five. So you're waking the red daily. They should. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Footy kind Prime of. almost daily. Yeah, we'll get the uh, Footy Prime made. almost daily. Yeah, yeah, yeah we thought about using that as our. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, maybe that's going to be the uh, the umbrella company will be called Footy Prime Almost Daily. Footy yeah, Prime but... Asterix, and then on the back, Almost <laughs> Daily. <laughs> 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 Love the Asterix. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, guys. Yeah. We'll chat to you later. Yeah.